everybody that comes to me, I find is doing it backwards. And I, I did it this way. When I've tried to get transformation in my life or change, I was working backwards. I kept saying, you know, if I had more money, if I had more time, if I had more energy, if I had this, if I had that thing, then I could do this thing and then I'd be successful. Then I'd be happy. Then I'd, then I'd be wealthy. That's backwards. Cause how, how many times have people tried to change what they're doing habits, right? And it doesn't work. That's because it's, it's more than our habits. Because if we're not the type of person, if you're not the type of person to do those type of things or have those type of things, you'll never have or do those things because you're not that type of person. So all that comes down to your identity. So hence the name, the identity factor, and really looking at who you are, the stories you tell yourself. You know, some people say, oh, it's really difficult for me to do X, Y, Z, or you know, I'm this way because my parents did this, or, you know, I'm like this because an ex did that. That's just a story you're telling yourself. Whether or not it's true in the past is one thing. Now it doesn't have to be. You're listening to the Just Sayin' Podcast, offering conversations with experts that will educate, inform, and entertain. Here's your host of the Just Sayin' Podcast, Charlie Cornaccio. Have you lost your mojo? Do you get frustrated because you can't sustain discipline needed to work out or to lose weight or to learn a new skill? Then you need to hear this episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Just Saying Podcast. Glad you could join us because today we are discussing self-improvement methods with Anthony Serino, a habit modification expert who helps people change their lives by changing their habits. Sounds simple. Maybe it is, but Anthony Serino joins us to discuss it. And hi, Anthony, how you doing? Great, Charlie. Best day of my life. How you doing? Best day of your life. Hey, <laughs> thanks for joining us once again. You know, things have progressed since the last time we spoke. You were a guest uh, in season one of the Just Saying podcast. We were mm -hmm. talking about uh, hypnosis. Your mission is still the same, which is to try and give people the best life that they deserve. But you're doing it now through helping people kind of modify their behavior, which makes you a modification behavior expert. Let, let's first get into how you came up with this concept, which is more of a science-based approach for self-improvement. So if you could kind of give us the, the genesis of, of where this came from. Absolutely. So I am a board certified hypnotist and, and that is really a modality that I was leaning on as a as a hypnotist. And really I was branded as new leaf hypnosis, which is what you had me on under last time. And what I've realized throughout the whole process is what I was helping people do was one of two things and one of two things only. This is what everybody comes to me for. And that's either they're doing something that they know they shouldn't be doing and they keep doing it despite telling themselves not to, or they're not doing something they know they should be doing and they're not doing it, even though they tell themselves to do it. And what that means is everything comes down to habits. And when I say habits, everything we do think and feel is a habit. And that doesn't, like I said, that doesn't include, or that doesn't exclude our emotional responses. So anxiety, that anxiety people are experiencing, that's a habit that at one point, anxiety was a, a solution to a problem. And the brain at a neurological level developed these programs. And so that's really everything, you know, everything's a habit. And that's why I build myself as a habit modification expert. And I use uh, subconscious reprogramming techniques like hypnosis, uh, visualization, things like guided meditation and modalities like that to facilitate that change at a brain-based level. You had said in one of your podcasts 
positive thinking is no match for anxiety. Uh, explain that. Yeah, I think we all get caught up and there's this big narrative in the personal development world where, oh, just think positive. Mm-hmm. That's the last thing people want to hear when they're in that anxiety, they're experiencing like, oh, just think positive. You know, it's okay. Just look on the bright side. It doesn't work. If that worked, no one would have anxiety because anxiety has become habituated by the brain and we have neural pathways. Really what they are, these programs, our brain develops these programs at a brain-based level based on usually on past experiences. And what happens is that anxiety then becomes that program, which gets triggered throughout our adult life or, you know, our future. Because like I said, at some point that anxiety was a solution to a problem. Our brain was trying to protect us. It's a protective mechanism. So when you have this habit built and then you tell yourself to consciously get out of it, right? If everybody could do that, we wouldn't be suffering from anxiety, right? Because anxiety is a, once again, a habit, which is our reptilian part of our brain. It's it's a very real part of our brain. Our basal ganglia is the technical term for it. And then positive thinking is all prefrontal cortex. There's two different parts of our brain firing off. And I always ask people, which part usually wins? If they, even if they've never heard this before, they know that that, that habit is always going to win. That subconscious part of them is always going to win over their conscious analytical mind. How do you kind of gather all that and then... I don't want to say put it in a pill, but kind of figure out how to dissect it so that people can modify their behavior for the better. It sounds sometimes negative to put it this way, but we've all been indoctrinated. <laughs> we've all been conditioned. We have learned to be who we are today. We weren't born with our habits. We weren't born with anxiety. We weren't born with any of the beliefs or values that we have now. Somewhere along the way, we learned it, whether from parents or other guardians or authoritative figures. And and it could have been at one specific moment. Here's, here's a, a good example I give. I had a client. She was afraid of ladybugs. And... Yeah. I mean, there's people that that's not the craziest thing people are afraid of, but she's afraid of ladybugs. And through the process, what I, you know, like I said, I'm a hypnotist. I use hypnosis, subconscious reprogramming. We're able to find why her brain made her afraid of ladybugs. Long story short, we bring her back in time in this process. She's three years old. She's in a treehouse. She steps on a nail. So her brain right? Fires off her amygdala, fight, flight, or freeze, creates this emotional response, pain happens, and her brain goes poof and takes a snapshot of the environment. It says, we need to avoid everything in this environment from now on to protect that person. And what do you think was in that treehouse when she stepped on that nail? Ladybugs, a bunch of ladybugs. Uh. So now from that moment on, her brain took everything from that situation, that event, and said, hey, we need to avoid this at all costs, regardless of whether or not it was the actual cause of the pain or discomfort. So it's funny, I had another client who I told that story to, and afterwards she said, Anthony, I'm really thinking about that. What's my ladybug, right? So I ask, always ask people, what's your ladybug? What's, what's something that your brain has caused you to be afraid of that's not really the issue? And this is all something that's subconscious that's happening below the threshold of conscious awareness. And that's why these techniques like and modalities like hypnosis are so useful. It's a very real scientific process. So yeah, that was that's just one example. So you're still using hypnosis to kind of get people back into the moments that you need to try and correct, right? Exactly. Because at some point our brain attached an emotion to an event or to a piece of stimuli outside of us externally. So now anytime it, in the future, 
that, that comes up, that person, that event, the animal, whatever it may be, our brain goes, fires off and says, oh, I have to remind John to be scared of that because it was, it was a solution at one point, right? That those feelings avoided that situation at one point, but now as adults, that old program doesn't work for us. So through this process, we can go back in time as though we're there all over again. So the brain's firing off in the exact same way. Then we create new emotions, new feelings around that event, which make the brain fire in a different way and creates these new neural pathways so that the brain can't fire like that anymore. So it's literally impossible after someone does things like hypnosis or subconscious reprogramming, it's impossible for them to feel the same way about those old things that, that they were once scared of or that anxiety. I want to share with the audience, if you just give me a minute to, to break this down, an, an experience that we had together that you brought me through. And that was my anxiety when I would sing. And I've been singing all my life. Some people know me as a sportscaster. Other people know me as a musician. You know, it's like two, two, I'm, I'm leading double life. But I had a, a major problem with my vocal cords, the thing called vocal paresis, where my left vocal cord had thinned out, uh, kind of atrophy or whatever. And so my right vocal cord was trying to do all the work and I would get hoarse, I would get, uh, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't sing like I used to be able to sing. I would do like one or two songs and get hoarse. And I would just have this fear and anxiety. I love singing. Uh, it's part of my identity, I believe. But I, I love it so much that I wanted to keep doing it, but I got this fear that I thought was performance anxiety. And you had talked me through in this process that you're talking about now, where under hypnosis, you were able to get me to go back to remember where it first happened, the first time it happened. And it was during a performance when I was playing in a wedding band. No signs of anything. I'm singing a song. It was by the Rolling. I remember it so clearly. It was by the Rolling Stones. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the song, it felt like I had laryngitis or like something was in my throat and I had to clear it. And I kept, you know, <clears throat> and forced, trying to force through it for the rest of the night. It probably made it worse. So then I had vocal surgery and that helped a bit, but I still had this fear. So the surgery kind of helped the vocal paresis thing with an injection, but I still couldn't get beyond the fear. And you were able to get me back to that moment in time. And then this was the coolest thing. Imagine, you know, you go back in time, you see yourself kind of like a Christmas carol, whereas, you know, Scrooge is being taken through and you go back in time and you're standing there watching yourself perform at that moment. And then your instruction was to, what would you say you now, what would you say to that person then put your arm around them? And, and I know it sounds weird, but I'm saying this because it works. And once I did that and I was able to talk to the previous self as the current self, I was able to eliminate that fear, that anxiety. And so that now when I sing, I don't ever feel like, oh, I'm hoping I'm going to be able to hit these notes. Or am I ready for this? Or No, none of that. So that's how powerful it is when you're able to go back in your mind that you can't do consciously, but you can take someone through that process. And I just wanted to get that out there because I think it's a really important fact that it does work like, you know, hypnosis, you really have to want it to work, but Anthony brings you back in time to things that you might not even remember until he gets you into that state 
that subconscious state. What's happening in the brain that gets you to kind of filter through and swim all the way back to whatever that moment is that you need to correct? So when that happens, and thanks for sharing that, that story, Charlie, um, and it's a perfect example of how most change happens with my clients is we go back in time. And th- once this isn't some mystical thing. I know hypnosis sounds weird to people. It, it triggers some people with these misconceptions or whatnot. I mean, there's thousands of peer-reviewed studies that point to the efficacy of hypnosis. We're talking Harvard, Yale, Mayo Clinic. Like it's a, re- it's a real thing. And I encourage people, you can go to scholar.google.com type in hypnosis and you'll find literally thousands and thousands of studies. But all that to say, when we do a process like that, yeah, it sounds, it feels good. You're, you know, you're, you're motivating your younger self and there's all this metaphor and whatnot. But what's really happening is, like I said before, we're firing off specific parts of your brain that we're firing off when that event happened. Right? So now when you're in that event again, through hypnosis, we are and you're talking to yourself from a different perspective, you have different emotions, different knowledge and understanding now, different information or data, if you want to call it that, that you're giving to that part of you at a neurological level so that it can't function the same way going forward. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. So all that to say, all those long-term memories are stored subconsciously. Everything from the moment you were born is stored in your brain in some capacity or another. Whether or not you can consciously remember or visualize it is irrelevant. It's there. That's like I said, we learn to be who we are today. Our brain has taken in billions and billions and trillions of pieces of data from the moment we were born to form who we are, our habits, and everything we do on a day-to-day basis. Through hypnosis, we can get you to a state. Some people call it a trance, but it's just an altered state like guided meditation where you feel really relaxed because we suggest it to be. But what happens is it moves that analytical filter away. So you and I are talking now consciously, prefrontal cortex. You're analyzing what I'm saying. We're using reasoning, going back and forth. Through hypnosis, we can move that part to the side. It'll always be there. You're always, you're always consciously aware to some, to some extent. But we're speaking directly to that subconscious part of you that is running those programs. It's holding on to those long-term memories. And then we're using at a neurological level, the processes in the brain, the same processes that develop those programs, we're creating new programs. Hence why we say subconscious reprogramming. Interesting. I mean, it, <laughs> it, it really is, you know, a science. And I, I guess it's maybe not for everybody, but if people can kind of let their guard down a little bit, be open to the process, what can it hurt? Because we struggle with these anxieties and that kind of transforms into beating yourself up about things. So you, you eliminate that anxiety. People start to feel good about themselves and the whole world changes. You see everything differently when you're feeling good about things. So uh, that's really important. You have a, a podcast called The Identity Factor. Yeah, it's called the identity. Yeah, the identity factor. Yep, it's on Apple and Spotify and all those platforms. Right, so you can find it there. What are some of the things you talk about in your podcasts? The biggest thing is, I everybody that comes to me, I find is doing it backwards, and I, I did it this way when I've tried to get transformation in my life or change. I was working backwards. I kept saying, you know, if I had more money, if I had more time, if I had more energy, if I had this, if I had that thing, then I could do this thing and then I'd be successful. Then I'd be happy. Then I'd, then I'd be wealthy. That's backwards. Cause how, how many times have people tried to change what they're doing habits, right? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't work. 
That's because it's, it's more than our habits. Because if we're not the type of person, if you're not the type of person to do those type of things or have those type of things, you'll never have or do those things because you're not that type of person. So all that comes down to your identity. Hence the name, the identity factor, and really looking at who you are, the stories you tell yourself. You know, some people say, oh, it's really difficult for me to do X, Y, Z. Or, you know, I'm this way because my parents did this. Or, you know, I'm like this because an ex did that. That's just a story you're telling yourself. Whether or not it's true in the past is one thing. Now it doesn't have to be, right? It's all about your narrative that you tell yourself consciously because you're perpetuating whatever old programs you have. So hence the identity factor. You've given us the example of uh, the, the fear of, of the ladybug with that one person. Give us a, another success story that you've had through this method. A lot of people come to me for anxiety, whether it's performance anxiety or it just day-to-day general anxiety. And I'm and disclaimer, I'm not a medical professional. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a counselor. What I do through this process is, as you saw, saw Charlie, you did most of the work. I asked mm-hmm. the right questions and I guided you into that state. But other than that, you do a lot of talking throughout the process and you say things and, and teach yourself things that I can't make up. I couldn't write that any better than you say it to yourself. So most of this is a, is a self process. And we, in the industry, we say all hypnosis is self hypnosis because one, you have to be wanting, you have to want to do it. You have to be willing. And really it's so involved. We're, on, we're going on a journey together and I'm like the GPS system. Someone can choose to follow what I'm saying or not. Oh, and I always say, I always say, look, look we're adults. You know, if you don't want to follow the instructions, that's fine. Um, But I can guarantee you, if you do, it's going to be a very profound experience. That being said, I mean, I've worked with athletes, like one athlete that I worked with recently, she had anxiety around uh, basketball before she gets on the basketball court. She plays out, she plays in in Europe and um, she ended up shooting 20% better the day after or the couple of days after our first session together because she was able to eliminate that anxiety and what it what it came down to was that you know she's away from home and you know she doesn't have the same support system you know, at least internally to her so we were able to change the perspective around that so she was able to just get on the court and operate optimally so that was a cool one recently because it was a very binary result right went from shooting x percentage on the court to now shooting you know 20 percent better almost after one session so and that's a great example because sports is 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 one of those things where you can't perform when you're uptight you've got to be relaxed uh, anybody who's played a sport knows baseball's a classic example if you try and hit a home run, you're not going to hit a home run. You always hit the home run when you don't think that you were going to hit a home run. Which is 100% the case, because if I if you were to like throw a ball at a tree, you wouldn't think about it. You would just do it, and you'd hit that tree probably, depending on how close you were. The same thing with an athlete. However, what is important that anybody can take away from this right now is that you, your brain is a goal-oriented mechanism. Everything comes down to a goal, whether it's survival or picking up this pen on my table here. That was a goal. For example, what do you do when you want to get somewhere? You open up your phone, you open your GPS. What's the first thing you do? You put in the destination. Right. The same thing with your brain. If you don't give it the destination, the outcome, how is it going to know where to go? So the one of the most powerful things anybody can do with or without a professional is envision what they want their ideal future to be or outcome. It can be a micro level, like an interview, run the interview in your head, visualize it, visualize the outcome, or it can be something, you know, a macro perspective, like, you know, where they want their life to be in five years, Mm -hmm. but do it 
incessantly. Like you can't want what you're not thinking about. Right. So that's why I keep your eye on the prize. And when I, when I say I, I mean, all your senses, visualize it, get in touch with it before you go to bed is the best time to do it. Cause when right before we fall asleep, we're actually in a similar state as to when we go into hypnosis guided or, or by ourselves. So when we visualize it's even more powerful, cause we we're more in touch with that, that subconscious part of us right before we fall asleep. Yeah. So. Do you have like an ideal client? So for people who are, who are listening to this podcast or watching, they may say, well, this isn't for me, but you know, who could use this? Yeah. <laughs> who, who would that be? So, you know, as funny as I, I never really wanted to get into like the stereotypical things that hypnotists do like smoking cessation, but I've been doing a lot of it recently. And I've, it's actually been both empowering for the clients that I work with and myself, because when someone quits smoking after 20 years, after 60 minutes with me, that's life-changing, not just financially for them. Cause most people are spending a few thousand dollars a year on cigarettes, but also their health and to, and smoking is just a habit. Um, I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what some, I, I understand it has physiological, you know, aspects to it in, in the brain and whatnot, but it's mainly a habit and habits can be broken. So that was probably first is smoking cessation. But then I really enjoy working with the peak performers, like entrepreneurs and athletes who, who already have the skill, they already have the ability, they already have the resources. It's just maybe that anxiety bit or that performance, that performance anxiety or that imposter syndrome. And dare I say, all that's just a habit that's very easy to break if someone wants to do it. The website is the anthonyserino.com. Correct. Yeah, a little pretentious, but they didn't have just Anthony Serino. So I went with the Anthony Serino. I love it. The Anthony Serino.com. That's how people can get in touch with you the best way. Yeah, definitely through the website. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, Anthony at Anthony Serino. But really what I, I, I would encourage people to do is check out the podcast, The Identity Factor. You can search that or me on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple, all the whatever their favorite pr- platform is, because that it, it gives people so much free content and stuff that we're talking about here times 10 stuff that I do with my clients. And you could just listen to it on your phone. So, and, and also has other ways to get a hold of me on there as well. Excellent. Well, Anthony, thanks again for coming on, just enlightening us on what uh, brain power we have if we just unleash it. And you are the GPS that kind of gets us there. I think that was a great analogy. So <laughs> thanks again. Great seeing you. And um, we'll we'll catch up again, I'm sure. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks for having me on again. All right. Anyway, that will do it for this edition of the Just Saying Podcast. Make sure that you never miss an episode of the Just Saying Podcast with Charlie Carnaccio by subscribing, or you could also find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any podcast platform that you get your podcast from, or on YouTube and Facebook for the video version of the podcast. Make sure to download or order my book, How I Met My Mother and the Four Brothers I Never Knew I Had. And you can get that through Barnes & Noble or wherever you download your books. That will do it for this edition. Thanks for watching. Stay safe and be kind. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Just Sayin' Podcast.